It was in June of 1987 that then U.S. President Ronald Reagan stood before the Brandenburg Gate in Berlin and said this. Behind me stands a wall that encircles the free sectors of this city, part of a vast system of barriers that divides the entire continent of Europe. General Secretary Gorbachev, if you seek peace, if you seek prosperity for the Soviet Union and Eastern Europe, if you seek liberalization, come here to this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. What a powerful, simple statement that led to the opening of Eastern Europe. Mikhail Gorbachev passing away today at the age of 91. Marcus Kolga, Senior Fellow, McDonald-Laurier Institute Center for Advancing Canada's Interests Abroad, Director of Disinfo Watch, joining us this evening. Marcus, thanks so much for your time tonight. Thank you so much for having me on, Angela. Hey, you know, I want to look back on Mikhail Gorbachev's legacy. And for a lot of people, we have to go way back. But really, during the 80s, when President Reagan said that, Remind us what the situation was like in USSR and its relationship with the rest of the world. Well, when when uh, Mikhail Gorbachev uh, first came to power in, in uh, 1985, um, the, the circumstances that he, he did enter that power were, were rather impossible. The, the Soviet Union was, uh, was un threatened with uh, economic uh, collapse uh, it had endured years of economic stagnation. Um, it had been dragged by uh, old Stalinists into a war with with Afghanistan, uh, where it was failing. Um, socially, there were there was uh, there was threats of of disunity. There were uh, the several uh, Baltic uh, so the Balt the republics that were occupied by the Soviet Union. Um, weren't happy. They were uh, there were nationalist movements that were rising. So uh, the situation that uh, that Mikhail Gorbachev came into was was very difficult. Uh, and his task was, um, quite frankly, to uh, to try and preserve the Soviet Union, to to preserve the uh, totalitarian system uh, that uh, that governed the Soviet Union. And his legacy really was that um, you know he actually helped bring about the end of that system. Uh, that he was trying to preserve. Um, uh, thankfully, it, it did collapse. Uh, millions of people were freed from behind the, the Iron Curtain. Um, it's not what, what, what Mikhail Gorbachev intended, but that's uh, how he's achieved his greatness, by sort of stumbling into it. Um, and uh, the, the unfortunate part of that is that that legacy uh, continues to resonate today. Much of what we're seeing in in Ukraine today is uh, is not quite a result of it, but it's certainly connected. Um, Vladimir Putin, of course, 
uh, has, uh, in, in the past 20 years, identified the collapse of the Soviet Union as one of the greatest geopolitical uh, catastrophes in, in history. And uh, the reason that he has invaded Ukraine, he invaded it in February, um, was to um, reconstitute the, the Soviet Union and undo what happened under Gorbachev. And, and so his legacy, I think, is, is, a, is a bit of a mixed one. Um, but, uh, but like I said, I think one of the, the, the good outcomes of that was that millions of people were freed from, from Soviet occupation in, in 1991. Millions freed, but following that, as much as the West looked and said, oh, look at what a great leader Mikhail Gorbachev was or is at the time, what were his opponents in the the former USSR saying? Was that pretty much the beginning of a downfall for him? Well, certainly those old Stalinists who were still uh, uh, among the ruling class in the, in the Soviet Union, I mean, they were they weren't interested in any sort of liberalization. And this is one thing that Mikhail Gorbachev did recognize, that um, the Soviet economy required opening, uh, liberalizing, and, and socially. Um, the, the, uh, the constraints that had been placed on uh, the people of, of Russia and, and those countries occupied by the Soviet Union, that, uh, that required some lifting, some liberalizing. Um, this is something that those old hardliners uh, were not interested in hearing. Uh, certainly not the KGB. The KGB, at the same time as Mikhail Gorbachev came to power, uh, they were engaged in uh, uh, monumental corruption. They they were in the process of stealing uh, billions of dollars from from the Soviet Union. So, you know, they weren't interested in any opening, any sort of transparency. And uh, of course, in in August of 1991. Uh, when the, it seemed that many of those those uh, nations uh, formerly uh, occupied by the Soviet Union were moving towards independence, uh, the, K- the KGB made their move uh, on August twenty first, nineteen ninety one, almost thirty year, just over thirty years ago. Um, they uh, they went to the seaside home, in, ironically, in Crimea, uh, where uh, Mikhail Gorbachev was staying, and and uh, put him under house arrest and attempted a coup. That coup, of course. Uh, failed, and uh, a few days later, uh, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, other republics uh, declared their independence. And Canada actually had a, a significant role to play here. It was um, Brian Mulroney, who was then prime minister, uh, who was, and, and he and Canada became the first industrial industrialized G7 nations to actually recognize uh, the independence of the of the Baltic states and. And really, that um, that paved the way for the ultimate uh, collapse of the Soviet Union. And and by the end of December of that year, um, you know, Mikhail Gorbachev was no longer the leader uh, of the Soviet Union. Uh, the the Russian flag was raised in 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 Moscow, and that was the end of uh, of the Soviet Union. My guest this evening is Marcus Kolga, Senior Fellow at McDonald laurier Institute Centre for Advancing Canada's Interests Abroad, Director of Disinfo Watch. So December of 1991, it's the end. What happens for Mikhail Gorbachev after that period? Because we would, we would see um, some state visits, but what, what was his role after he was well, ousted and it was no longer the USSR? Well, he really was relegated to to a back seat in, in Russian 
politics. Um, you know, he uh, and and to his credit as well. I mean, he he recognized what had happened. He recognized his role, um, and he stepped back as well, along with uh, you know many of the other uh, uh, former communists in the in the occupied uh, the countries that were occupied by the Soviet Union, and and uh, you know he let those reforms. Um, uh, you know, take take hold and and continue under under Boris Yeltsin. He didn't impede them. He did try to run for office again a few years later, but was um, you know faced considerable he, a, a pretty embarrassing defeat. Um, and uh, and quite frankly, I don't think history uh, or the Putin regime uh, uh, treated his legacy very well. As I mentioned earlier, um, you know Vladimir Putin identified. In 1991, as a as a terrible year for Russia, uh, you know, and, and the the dissolution of the Soviet Union as a as a, one of the greatest uh, geopolitical catastrophes in in history, and he has set uh, set about the past 20 years in trying to rebuild uh, Russia and the Soviet Soviet Union. Um, you know, unfortunately, in in, in 2014, when Russia first uh, invaded Ukraine again by by occupying Crimea. Uh, Mikhail Gorbachev, one would have expected him to be critical of that invasion, but uh, but he resoundingly supported it and even said that had he been in that position that of, of president of Russia, he would have acted much the same way as, as Vladimir Putin. So, um, you know, that spotty le- legacy uh, that he had during uh, his his time in power, I mean, uh, that certain those sorts of comments certainly uh, didn't help him. Uh, there are there have been reports that uh, over the past few months, uh, Gorbachev was was critical of, of Putin's invasion of of Ukraine today, but uh, those haven't really been verified. But mm. um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, you know Gorbachev's legacy since that that time, really, um, both in Russia and and I think abroad, has, has has suffered a little bit. Even though I think some Westerners still credit him with uh, with uh, ending the Cold War. Um, you know that's that's not entirely true. It was it was Western unity that ended the Cold War, and and this myth that uh, Gorbachev ended the Cold War without a gunshot being fired that's not true either. Because in January of 1991, when the Baltic states first sort of moved towards uh, independence, uh, you know Soviet forces uh, fired upon uh, protesters in in Latvia and Lithuania, and dozens of people were killed. So. Um, the the end of the Cold War wasn't nearly as peaceful as I think uh, a lot of people in the West would like to remember it. Uh, it was still bloody. It was unpleasant. Um, but as I you know mentioned earlier, at least it did end in in the freedom for millions of people across uh, Central and Eastern Europe. It, it was a term glasnost that uh, the Western world. Uh, understood as as free free speech but ultimately that free speech also turned on Mikhail Gorbachev didn't it well yeah you're absolutely right I mean that's that liberalization that uh, that Gorbachev started engaging in sort of after 86 87 the the uh, cultural opening allowing um, many of those nations occupied by the Soviet Union to start um, expressing their cultural identities, uh, you know, uh, freely, uh, you know, they were able to speak their languages, but not always express them o- as openly as possible. Um, you know, in, in places like Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, any of those occupied uh, nations, uh, you know, national symbols were were banned. Um, 
and uh, and so there was a, a, a gradual easing of those restrictions. Uh, you know, by by 1988, rather, uh, in that summer, uh, a lot of those nations they you know they they found the courage to start waving their national flags again uh, that had been banned for 50 years, and and the the emergence of those those symbols. Uh, certainly gave uh, those those uh, uh, sovereignty and, and nationalist movements uh, a little bit of steam and, and gave them the courage to start demanding more uh, independence and, and freedom. And uh, certainly that uh, helped contribute to the uh, to the downfall of the Soviet Union, but the freedom of those nations. Marcus, thanks for taking us back in history. I appreciate you, your input on it. Anytime. Thanks for having me on, Angela. Marcus Kolga, Senior Fellow at Macdonald Laurier Institute Centre for Advancing Canada's Interests Abroad. He's also the Director of Disinfo Watch.